No, I had a delightful experience the other day in uh, Chicago. I, I went back to uh, Hugh Hefner's establishment. He does that magazine that, um, called uh, Playboy. You see that I'm not used to those uh, sociological institutions. And uh, I was taken into the, uh, he said, would you like to see the bedroom? And I said, yes, I'd like to see the bedroom. So uh, salivating, I, I went into the, uh, <laughs> I'll get serious after a while, but that was an awful flight from San Francisco and I'm trying to be able to stand up again straight here. So he said, you'll have to take off your shoes, which I did, and there was carpet with pile on it, about a foot thick. And we went into the uh, bedroom there and we worked uh, about two hours on his electric typewriter as he did the philosophy of sex. And as he did the philosophy of sex, through the open door you would see the bunnies flit by and also the, the stewardesses go by. And he has two dormitories there and of course the swimming pool downstairs and this brass pole that you come into the garage and slide down to the basement and we were going around through all of these rooms and doors and next thing I knew we went through the final door and we found ourselves out on the street. That is another lawyer and I and we stood there looking up at the place and both with the same accord said, what a selfish man. But um, <laughs> I shouldn't tell you anything about uh, that because I understand they are to, to do an interview on me, one of those interviews that they have and I was very flattered until I noticed uh, reading Playboy for the first time, that is formally, that um, <laughs> I saw that uh, about the last one was done on Cassius Clay, so I follow him on in. And then after that, the following week, I went to the Virgin Islands and tried a case. No ke connection, of course, so I won't tell you about the case in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> but I think I should tell you in the very short time that we have, Here we go. One of those intros? Yeah. <laughs> the good love and grace, sweet smiling face. Yes, yeah, she'll be light in my life once again.
When you get out of the hospital, will you let me back into your life? I can't stand what you do. I'll be in love with your eyes. And when you get out of the dating bar, I'll still be here to get back into your life. Well, I can't stand what you do, but I'm in love with your eyes, dear. I can't stand what you do. Sometimes I can't stand you. Makes me think about me that I'm involved with you. But I'm in love with this power that shows through in your eyes. You know, maybe I shouldn't tell you this, dear. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. But well, I will anyway. You know, I've been going to bakeries all day long. There's a lack of sweetness in my life, and there's pain inside. You can see it in my eyes, dear. There's been pain inside. You can see it in my eyes. Makes me think about me, how I've lost my pride. But I'm in love with this power that resides in your eyes. Now you live in modern apartments. Now I even got scared once or twice. You know, the last time I walked down your street, there were tears in my eyes. And now these streets, we all know, they help us cry when we're alone late at night. Don't you love them too? That where you got such eyes, dear. I can't stand what you do. Sometimes I can't stand you, and it makes me think about me. And I'm involved with you, but I'm in love with this power that shows through in your eyes. Now your world is beautiful. I'll take the subway to your suburb sometime. I'll seek out the things that must have been magic to your little girl mind. Now as a little girl. You must have been magic. Oh, I still get jealous thinking of your early boyfriend sometimes. And when I walk down your street, 
There'll be tears in my eyes Now I cannot stand what you do Sometimes I can't stand you And it makes me think about me That I'm involved with you But I'm in love With this power That shows through In your eyes So dear When you get out of the hospital Will you let me back into your life? I can't stand what you do But I'm still in love with your eyes I don't think I'd ever done this book if it was in complete destructive criticism. I guess you learn as you get a little bit older and how old you so soon get. I was talking to uh, some students the other day and telling them I'd left a book over at uh, Bolt Hall about uh, a week and a half ago that I was going back to get when I was still in law school. Just a week and a half ago and I never did get that book. But that week and a half has stretched on out now to some 30 years of practice. I was out of uh, Bolt Hall in 1933. As you get older, you do get a mellowing, not in spirit, not in uh, uh, the, the, the desire to fight for your client, but you do get a little more mellow in your courtroom demeanor, in uh, learning not to uh, criticize. And over the years, uh, I think the, the image of flamboyancy that's been given to me by life or the Saturday Evening Post uh, is not a true image. When you look at the law books, I've never been reversed for misconduct or had or new trials granted for misconduct and again. In these procedures that we have developed, and we have developed a lot of them. In warranty law, in the soft vaccine, in aeroplane law, and in uh, the new, new tort of trespass to personality. I think we've developed, we've developed those things out of a, a deep love and, and spirit of the common law that we feel that the common law can give us uh, guidance, can give us all the law we need without going to the legislature. What a majestic thing it is, how capable it is of growth. And I think, was it Holmes that said something about... Before you left to go away, I wrote down...
But when you take 12 people that you've never met before, let alone gone to school with them, don't know, being with them daily, you take 12 people sitting in that jury box and you ask them a couple of questions, and the questions that you ask them are for all eternity because there are questions, will you kill a man legally, that's capital punishment, or are you against capital punishment? And you have to take the answer that they give. You get certain little telltale signs. If they say, yes, I will, and they move their hands, Bob Considine and I were watching this. I told him to watch it because I've noticed it over the years. They're not telling the truth if they keep their hands still like that when they answer it, yes. Well, these are little uh, psychiatric gym cracks that a lawyer gets, like when a jury comes back before you get the verdict. When those 12 jurors come into that uh, jury box, if they go in and they keep their eyes averted from the plaintiff, if they won't look at the plaintiff in the civil case, he's lost it. If they won't look at the defendant in the criminal case, boy, you know you've had it. You can just tell as they come in there, and if they won't, if they look at you, they don't have to wink at you or anything like that, just look at you. You know that uh, the, the verdict is yours. She turned me on in the dance floor and made me want more. Oh, so you counted on that score? Yeah. When I show her my interest, she pretended to be blind. Every night and maiden fair 
shall be joined when the quest is over and a kiss is the oath that they swear and when the veil of dreams has lifted and the fairy tales have all been told there's a kiss at the end of the rainbow more precious than a pot of gold my sweet my dear my darling you're so far away from me though an ocean of tears divides us let the bridge of our Though I wear his ring, I'll always wear your 
But as for marriage, we can't pay the price Cause you don't really want to hurt your husband What are we gonna do about your husband? What are we gonna do about your
other day I tried a, a very famous case. Uh, Bill Capel, a great pianist, ran into, in an airplane, ran into uh, Half Moon Bay and was killed. It was 10 years, 10 years that we tried that case. And finally we went into uh, New York. It happened in San, in San Francisco Bay or near San Francisco Bay and we go to New York. We try it there under the Warsaw Convention. Under not our law, but under a foreign law, and the judge comes, the complexity of this case, the judge comes, Judge Willis Ritter, a, uh, Ritter, a federal judge from Utah, and he sits in New York and we try it, and we lose the case after about nine years, and after we lost, lost it, I sat and I sat in this modus operandi, and I thought we're in better position now than if we'd won it, and we moved, not for a new trial, but we moved for judgment non-obstantive verdicto, notwithstanding the verdict. Judge, enter judgment now for the plaintiff and then just send it back for the matter of damages. So this thing about Chinese uh, paper hanging and when you've exhausted everything that's in the book, then look elsewhere, look in China and get an interpretation. Well, what we did, we went to uh, Harvard Law School and we went and got uh, the old books that they have on the Warsaw Convention. When they had the actual convention, we got the Lord who went from uh, England, we got his remarks, then uh, we got uh, what, what is uh, willful misconduct, a concept that we have, aggravated conduct, not negligence. You have to show willful misconduct in order to get beyond the $7,000 limits and then have uh, an ultimate limit. We would have been limited to $7,000 had we won the case, but we lost it. So I had to get, beyond, I had to get the, the new trial or, or the judgment for us, and I had to get to the $7,000, and then I had to get beyond the $7,000 so we got all the translations uh, of uh, the original notes of the convention. And we found that the French have a different conception of willful misconduct. And there was a semantical barrier there, willful misconduct, quote, Lord. And the Italians had a different concept, and we put that all together. Then we gave a concept that was never considered in this country before. And the judge gave us this judgment, notwithstanding we went back to New York and he tried it again. And instead of getting the $7,000, there was an award for the pianist of uh, 300, 300, let's see, $900,000, just a little short uh, of a million dollars. And that came because of the modus operandi, the exhausting of one subject and just uh, hewing on through it.
your favorite bitch in the economy I don't know if I wanna lead on this one You know I've done that before She's actually a good girl Or a cheap She 
I remember I was on trial down here in uh, uh, Superior Court trying a murder case. And it was about uh, oh, 20 minutes after 12 when my defendant told me that uh, there had been this assassination. And then the rumors started filling in. One of the rumors said, that, well, it was a colored man did it. And I said to myself, oh, God, let it not be any ethnic group, a Jew, an Italian, a colored man, or anybody else, because we've had enough trouble with the civil rights. There'll be riots. There'll be problems here. So then I wanted to know, and I guess everybody in the United States wanted to know and was entitled to know. That's, now, that, that's our right of freedom of speech in this country, and we're entitled to know. But on the other hand, there's the right of that individual. These things are all told. The questions... Do you have a case against him? Was he the one that killed the president? Or do you think there are other conspirators lurking around as part of this? They say, no, he was the only one that did it, and we've got a case against him. Well, I think that at least satisfied some of us in a tragedy that we shared nationally. It satisfied some of us. You know, Lyndon Johnson, after the assassination, uh, got in the presidential limousine, and the, the uh, Secret Service made him lie on the floor. And they wouldn't announce the death of the president until he, and that he was leaving until he got out to the airport because they thought there might have been some uh, uh, conspiracy to do away with the vice president and the cabinet. Remember, that's the thing they tried to do in the Lincoln assassination. So I think the people in the, the United States had to know these things. But when they learned these things, then the right uh, to a free and fair trial by Oswald was completely, utterly dissipated because you couldn't get jurors who didn't know about it already. So you have the two conflicting interests.
bientôt.